And hello, and welcome to Let This Mind Be In You. On a Thursday night, I'm back with you live here. Let's get this camera going here. Here we go. And uh, I'm praying that we don't have any uh, technical glitches tonight. And uh, But again, that's what keeps us humble, right? Uh, we're, all, we're all just uh, uh, capable of making mistakes. And uh, so hopefully tonight there won't be any of those, though. And uh, we'll get the chance to, let's see, get over here to the Facebook page here so I can see the comments. Uh, All right. So I got everything up and running. Looks like everything's going. Uh, If you're joining me on Facebook, uh, thank you. Um, Again, this is just a, a different option for people who maybe don't watch YouTube or don't have an account, so so to speak, and they want to be able to tune in, they can watch on Facebook Live. I apologize, I'm still getting over a little bit of a cold, but uh, my voice is much better than it was a couple weeks ago, and I think it's just this time of the year, you know, it is what it is. So as a reminder, if you want to reach me, um, I would like to do sometime soon a question and answer um, uh, kind of a session on one of these Thursday nights. And in the question and answer session, I want to answer questions off of email. Um, So if you want to send an email, uh, write me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com and uh, go ahead and just post your comment or down below on each of these videos. You can do that, of course. You can leave a question there. Uh, But if you want to write out something a little bit longer in an email, you can send it to ltmbiy at yahoo.com. And let's see here. I'm going to try to get over here. Oh, see, got to get this muted, though. <laughs> Still, uh, I, I'm getting used to the Facebook live stream. So it looks like I have a couple people that are are tuning in right now. And welcome. Uh, I see Brother Tommy Miles on there. If you're on here, brother, uh, make sure you just send down a uh, write a little comment just saying hello. And uh, also a fellow chief of mine from uh, where I work is also on here. So hello, Justin. And um, thank you for joining on Facebook Live tonight. All right. Don't forget about the podcast streams. Um, anytime you want to listen to the audio podcast, you can see that on Let or hear that on Let This Mind Be In You Ministries podcast. You can find that on Podbean, uh, podcast.com. You can also find it on uh, iHeartRadio podcast and Apple podcast. You can go find them on any of those platforms and you can listen to them later on. Um, if you're joining on the YouTube stream, also welcome. Uh, there's The more I have going on, the more I want to try to concentrate. So if I don't uh, recognize you individually, please don't be offended. Um, welcome to everybody. So tonight, uh, we're back in the Book of Romans, of course. So last week, we had um, Brother Garrett Kohler here in a pre-recorded interview, and that was fantastic just to hear uh, partial of his of his uh, testimony and um, what I'd really like to have him back on again at some point to hear about the reset that he's done in his, uh, that God has brought about in his life. And that'd be really neat for you guys to hear that. Uh, but tonight we're back in Romans, Romans chapter 15, and I am super excited for Romans chapter 15. Um, this is a, this is a uh, passage of scripture. This chapter has been an extreme help to me um, in my my Christian walk. It's, it's really been helpful to me. And, um, and you may see why I might, I might talk about it quite a bit more as I expound on that. But, um, <laughs> and so I see brother Tommy miles there on, on Facebook. I, I have just read your comment. So hello, sir. And I understand if you can't watch all of it live tonight, you can just go back and, and do that and praise the Lord for listening in. Uh, Brother Tommy Miles, good friend of mine. So, all right, let's get started, y'all. Let's get started. I'm already practicing to get back down into the deep south, saying y'all and and whatnot. (laughs) All right, Romans chapter 15. And just by way of review, um, just by way of review, just remember the entirety of the letter so far. Okay, Paul has talked about the man, the... um, the natural man. He's talked about how the all have sinned. Um, such were some of you. Um, it talks about how they've come from that life and um, the paganism. He's mentioned that in Romans one. He's going all the way through there. 
but God committed his love towards us, and while we were yet sinners, he's just reminding those brethren there. He's writing to the church. Um, the church is there in Rome um, and about the country of Italy, and uh, he is really just reminding them of who they once were and who they now are. And now, and then past, I don't know, four or five chapters or so, he's been really addressing one of the major issues that was happening at the time, and still, by the way, unfortunately, it's still happening now in local bodies everywhere, local churches everywhere, it's still happening, and that's people bringing in things more, trying to say that it's not good enough that we just, we were covered by the blood of Christ. Now we got to, you know, we got to keep doing this stuff. The, the works of the law, we have to keep doing this and that. And the other thing, it's taken a different form now, but you have to understand the Judaizers and those that were back there were trying to get people back under that law because that's what they were used to. So Paul was talking about how they are free from that. He mentions briefly in uh, Romans chapter nine about how uh, he's willing uh, to be accursed for his brethren in the flesh, and then goes back to talking to the brethren, which is in the local body there, again, in Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 11 tells them, but not to worry. God is not done with the, the nation of Israel. He still will pick them back up again as far as his, he hasn't forgotten them. He hasn't forgotten his promises. He's still going to accomplish those things. God is not slack concerning his promises about those. And now it's gotten into a little bit more of the the specifics of the things that were going on, the meets, the the days, and and different things like that that they, they were struggling with. And then it's been talking about, you know, the weaker brothers, maybe somebody that's just been recently saved, so forth. Those that are a little bit stronger, now he's telling them what to do. So we've caught up now to Romans chapter 15, and it starts out, we then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. And again, right away, Look at the attitude we're to have, not to please ourselves. I think this is really interesting here because it's it's almost it's almost like if you're thinking about it, thinking about how it's like, hmm, am I the stronger one? If you start going about your daily walk as a Christian and believing that you are the strong one and you're you got it all figured out, be careful. Be really careful. Just understanding of <laughs> You may not be the strong one, okay? So don't let that pride get welled up inside of us, even in our Christian walk. Just remember that, okay? And then let, and just the the theme of it, not to please ourselves, die to self, die to self. That is the one of the central themes of a lot of Paul's letters. Die to self, die to self. Surrender your will to his will. Now that you've become, now you're sons of God, now that you are born again, Die daily. Should we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. It's a moment-by-moment surrendering to the will of God. Uh, I brought up in our our local assembly, our local church, where, you know, I used to have trouble with the the concept of pray without ceasing. I had trouble with that because growing up as a child, you know, praying was, you know, bow your head, close your eyes, and you start asking God for stuff. But as we've been going through the past month or so as our, at our local church about what prayer actually is from the Bible and studying that, my goodness, that has really made things really clear that it is a surrender to his will, a constant surrender to his will. So to pray without ceasing, that's to be constantly giving yourself over to his will. Not my will, Lord, thine. Not my will, Lord, thine. Lord, I want to do this over here. Not my will, Lord, thine. It's a constant thing. Through the power of the Spirit, through the power of the Holy Spirit, who is renewed in you, who is who has quickened you, who has sealed you into the day of redemption, unto the day of redemption, that is what we should be giving ourselves over to. Constantly stir up the gift of God. Go back and listen to the Gift of God series when we talk about the stirring of the gift of God. You have a hundred percent of the Holy Spirit. Okay? There's no second baptism. There's not this uh, create in me a new heart, meaning like, hey, I got to keep, you know, I got to get more and more of the Holy Spirit, and I got to get a second baptism of the Holy Spirit now, and all these kind of other different things. That's foreign to the pages of Scripture. You are completely indwelled. He says, I will come to you in John chapter 14. 
you got all of them. You didn't get it like a, a, a fraction of them, okay, once you got saved. So just remember that. Let everyone, verse 2, one of us, please his neighbor for his good to edification, to edify, to help them, to strengthen them. This, this next verse here, uh, you can look in Psalms. Well, we can go ahead and stick our finger right here and go to Psalm 69 and verse 9. And I'm going to read this verse um, here in Romans 15, 3. But turn over to Psalms chapter 69. Psalms chapter 69 and verse number 9. Okay. And verse number 3 of Romans 15, uh, back there, we just stick your finger there and come back over here. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproach thee fell on me. And here's the verse, as it is written, Psalm 69, verse 9. For the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up, and the reproaches of them that reproach thee are fallen upon me. So that's a, a prophecy there. That's a prophecy there saying that our reproaches will fall on him. But it got me thinking. It, it really got me thinking about um, when Christ walked this earth, God in the flesh, fully God. What did he have to deal with? Think about this. He had to have been vexed, and he was all the time. He knew the thoughts and intentions of their hearts. The Pharisees tried to trip him up and say different things to him, try to get him to trip up. He knew what their thoughts were. He knows what their intentions were. He even knew that his disciples would abandon him. But yet, he still bore all those reproaches, not for his own sake, not for his own sake, for our sake. And when I think about that and think about how I get puffed up in my own pride and, oh, I got this all figured out. When I think about that, I'm saying, forgive me, Lord. Help me surrender to your will again, please. His will for us is not to think of ourselves at any moment. It's to consider others provoke others unto good works within our local bodies and the people around us as the Christian, uh, I don't want to say community, but as the body of Christ, that's what we should be doing. And that's played out. And remember, we talked about this as well in Romans at the local church level. Um, it just is. God created that for a reason. We need that edification, that exhortation, that, that um, admonishment. Why? It's not because of what we're trying to get, but it's what we should be given for others. Considering others. Because remember, he considered you. Amen for that. And then verse number four. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. And of course, I thought about Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 16 and 17 on that. A very well-known uh, patch, passage of scripture, but Second Timothy chapter three, and verse number sixteen says, "All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect or complete, whole, thoroughly furnished unto all good works." And remember, we don't have to be a Greek scholar to figure out what all means. We don't have to. Not in one single bit, you know, it means all, all of it, okay? All those good works through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, verse 5 and 6 to me is the almost the, I don't want to say it's the heart of the entire letter, but it, is, it, is, it has been what's been speaking to me the most, and that's just me over the past several months. It says in verse 5, Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded, there's that word again, like-minded, the mind of Christ, mind. Let this mind be in you. One toward another, according to Christ Jesus. We may disagree on personal things. Um, you may like a certain color, and I don't like a certain color, whatever. Something just so basic as that. We may not be like-minded on that, but that's okay. That's not what it's talking about. It's saying coming to be of one mind because we have that one spirit within us, now we're to conform our minds 
to that spirit. And as we do that, we'll be like-minded. You understand? Like-mindedness, one toward another, not in personal things, but in spiritual things according to Christ Jesus. It's his spirit, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Verse number six, that ye may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So how do we do that? Why is there so so much struggle and strife in these local bodies and people not being like-minded? Well, what's this channel name? Let this mind be in you. That's found in Philippians chapter 2. If you're new, this is why we, uh, this is when I was praying, I was thinking about, am I going to do this? Uh, Do I want to start up this ministry? Lord, is this really what you want me to do? And he took me, not some kind of audible voice, but as I was reading through one day, I came across this. If there be, therefore, verse number one of Philippians chapter two, if there be, therefore, any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy. Remember that your joy may be full, that ye be like minded, having the same love, being of one accord of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. That's the key. If you find yourself saying, woe is me, what am I getting out of all this? That's not having the mind of Christ, because look, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, that same spirit within him, the Holy Spirit, and we've talked about this before, that dwelled with those disciples at that time. He said, it's expedient. It's better for you that I go away. And he said, I will come to you. He sent his spirit, Jesus Christ, his spirit, his mind is now in you, Christian. That's the only way we can have like-mindedness. The only way. So getting back here, I really think that that is the core of the church. That is the core principle of the church. Why do we have so many problems? It's because we're concentrating on programs or this person's likes and dislikes and his beliefs and his thoughts and this. It's all over the place looking for vainglory. It's vanity. It's nothing. It's empty. But if we come together with the mindedness of Christ, the mind of Christ, What can we accomplish in this world? Through the power of the Spirit, we'll accomplish exactly what he'd have us to do. Excuse me for that and get a coffee break in there. Okay. um, So again, he just got done telling them in chapter 14 and other places about that like-mindedness, we also looked in Philippians 2 in verse uh, 1 through 5. Now look at verse number 7 of Romans 15. There's a caveat to this. Wherefore, receive ye one another, as Christ also received us to the glory of God. It's, it's, he's not willing that any should perish. He, he will accept all. Come to him in a broken, repentant state, which is surrendering your will saying that I'm not good enough, that nothing in me is holy. There's none righteous, no, not one. I understand that your death, your burial, your resurrection is what I need. Lord, I can't come to you any other way. You said you are the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That's what you said, and I'm having faith in that. I'm surrendering my self-righteousness and counting on your righteousness. Look back in verse number four, or chapter 14, verse 1, when it says, Him that is weak in the faith, see, saved, receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. So again, you, you see that receiving. We're to accept those people, the brothers in Christ, but not to doubtful disputations. Paul's there simply saying there is like, look, there's going to be those that come in and try to subvert all this. They may be saved, 
but they're going to come in. They're going to try to get you out of that mindedness of Christ, that mind of Christ. They're going to try to get you focused on these different things. Just be careful about that. That's why I don't like to, I don't really like to talk about a lot of different subjects on this channel. When people ask questions that I don't, they may say that they are, they're found in the Bible. What do you think about this theory over here? And this, well, if it's just not very clear, that may be one of those things that we can talk about offline, but in the, in the, in the grand scheme of things, what importance is it? Does it affect your, your, your salvation? Does it affect where you will spend eternity? If not, uh, that's one of those things that, you know, if there's any doubt that happens, hey, brother, I understand you um, You may believe this one thing, and uh, I, I don't. I don't line up with that. But you know what? That Let's get with the mind of Christ here. And see, that's when you can have unity and still be in disagreement about a whole bunch of things. There's brothers on here right now. I don't, I don't know if Brother Tim is on here, but we, uh, we've talked about things that were sort of doubtful in our minds, but we didn't dispute over those. See, that's the amazing thing about having a brother in Christ. And Brother Tim, if you're on here, hello to you. I know your wife is, at least she was earlier here on YouTube, but that's the doubtful disputations. If things are doubtful, let's go to the Word of God and let's have the mind of Christ on things. But if it's still doubtful after that and it doesn't have anything to do with our eternal and it's just something that maybe is temporal right now and God will clear it up when we see him face to face, then let's not dispute about it. And I think that would be a very big help to the body of Christ. Let this mind be in you. See, he didn't please himself back in verse number three. That's what that's what we should be about. Well, you know, I don't I don't I don't agree with that. I don't line up with that, but you know what, brother, I love you. So and if somebody wants to constantly dispute about those different things that don't do not matter, Paul says, Hey, look, you might just have to ask that person, well, you might just have to find some other group then. So find some other body. You're you're not you're not you're not getting it. That's the weakness that he's talking about. So, all right. Uh, all right. Uh, let's read a big chunk here now in Romans chapter 15, verse number eight. Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God. I wonder what the circumcision is. That's the Jews there. To confirm the promises made unto the fathers. Those are the Jewish fathers, the Abraham, the Isaac, the Jacob. And that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, as it is written, For this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles, and sing unto thy name. And again he saith, Rejoice, ye Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and laud him, all ye people. And again, Isaiah, or, Isaiah, or Isaiah, that we would know it by, There shall be a root of Jesse, and he that shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, and him shall the Gentiles trust. Jesus Christ. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. That's the only way. That's the power that's been given to us. He's given us the body to come together to strengthen. That's where the strength is and the unity of the body. That's what it's about. Through the power of the Holy Ghost. And I myself also am persuaded of you. That's a great word, persuaded. Look what Paul tells Timothy in, um, I believe it's 1 Timothy, about being persuaded. Read that sometime. Look up that word persuaded. My brethren, persuaded of you, my brethren, these are saved individuals here, that ye also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. Boy, I need that admonishment. Hey, are you sure you're doing what the Bible says to do there, brother? Oh, you're right. Thank you for admonishing me. Thank you for edifying me with that, strengthening me, reminding me, exhorting me. Nevertheless, verse 15, brethren, there it is again. Anybody has any doubts yet who he's talking to? This entire, this entire book is written to saved individuals. That's why when it says in Romans 10, which we preach, he's speaking to saved individuals with what they were preaching. Okay, again, go back to watch Romans 10. 
All right, nevertheless, brethren, I have written the more boldly unto you in some sort as putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me of God, that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. We know that Paul was given a special thing to take. He was to be the minister to the Gentiles. He was to take the word of God. He was to take the gospel to the Gentile nations. Okay. I uh, can't remember where it's at, but he's like, I henceforth go no more into the Jews. He goes to the Gentiles. I think he says that like three times. I think my dad's on YouTube here. He probably knows exactly where I'm talking about. And let's see here. And go back to verse number 16, that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. That's where the power resides. I have therefore whereof I may glory through Jesus Christ in those things which pertain to God. Because remember, we are now all one in Christ Jesus. And for sake of time, um, I'll just give you a few verses here and we'll just turn to, we'll just turn to a couple here. Uh, so Galatians 3.28 uh, back a few pages, we can turn to that, Romans 10 and verse 12. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. Okay? And then, uh, let's uh, let's do, go to Colossians. Let's turn over there real quick. The book of Colossians in chapter 1. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 27. And it says here, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen for that. Whom we preach. Whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus, whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. And just a few pages over in Coloss oh, excuse me, Colossians 3 and verse number 10. Colossians 3 and verse number 10. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. See? That's why 1 Corinthians chapter 2, look at, the, look at the mind of Christ that's in us, having the mind of Christ, what that does for you. Uh, we have this knowledge now, uh, renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. That's why we're now one day going to be conformed into the image of his dear son, speaking of perfect mind, body, and soul, body, soul, spirit, Okay. The mind is the spirit, the body, and the soul. We're created in his image. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. All right, heading back to chapter 15 of Romans. And let's pick back up in verse 18. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ hath not wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed. See, he's saying, I'm not going to be bringing in all this confusion of all this other stuff that he just got done talking about in the letter. He's not been wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed. Not just what he said, but how he lived his life, the end of his conversation. Through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and roundabout unto some word that I cannot pronounce, Illyricum, probably butchered that one but that's all right i have fully preached the gospel of christ yea so i have strived to preach the gospel not where christ was named lest i should build upon another man's foundation but as it is written to whom he was not spoken of they shall see and they shall have not heard and they that have not heard shall understand for which cause also i have been much hindered from coming to you He's basically saying, I've been pretty busy. Been pretty busy. 
uh, and verse number 23, but now having no more place in these parts and having a great desire these many years to come unto you. By the way, we should desire to be around the brethren. If you don't desire to be around other uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, I have to start asking you a few questions as why you don't desire that. Okay, just questioning. Why don't you desire that? Go to the Word of God and see what He's placed in you now, the desire for those things. You should be around Christians. Paul wanted to for many years to be around them. Verse number 24, Whensoever I take my journey unto Spain, I will come to you, for I trust to see you in my journey and to be brought on my way thitherward by you, if first I be somewhat filled with your company. But now I go unto Jerusalem to minister unto the saints. Here's some really interesting things we'll probably bring up here. As he's wrapping up this letter. For it hath pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. They gave to their necessity. Out of their abundance they gave their uh, to the necessity of those saints there at Jerusalem. It hath pleased them verily, and their debtors they are. For if the Gentiles have been made partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister unto them in carnal things. Uh, again, Paul is not preaching the tithe here. Okay? Not by any means and whatsoever. He was, he was collecting to the necessity of those saints that they were there. That's what it's all about. And they gave of their abundance. Well, how much was that? I don't know. As the Spirit directed them to give, they gave. They gave sacrificially. They gave the way the New Testament believer is supposed to give. We are to present our bodies a living sacrifice. That's all. It's all available for the God, for God to use in whatever way he sees fit. It belongs all to him. That's why I don't talk about the tithe, because it's not for us in the New Testament church, Period. And I've, ta- I've spoken about that before. It's not. By the way, neither is the wrath that falls on you if you're not giving 10%. Paul even talks about if you're not even able to give, why would we want to burden you if you're not able to give? God's not going to burden you with something. He's going he's to provide you with what he wants you to give out. It makes sense? Uh, there, that's another discussion for a, another day. But again, Paul's not preaching some sort of tithe here. He's preaching sacrificial giving for the necessity of the saints in those carnal things. Because while they're doing these carnal things, it's for the spiritual, these heaping up treasures in heaven, so to speak. These are the rewards. That's what it's all about. And now as he wraps up verse 28, when therefore I have performed this and have sealed to them this fruit, I will come by you into Spain and I am sure that when I come unto you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake, and for the love of the Spirit, that ye strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. Again, we've been talking about the, what, what is prayer for the New Testament believer. What is prayer? And that's surrendering. But also in that, the desire should be to strive together with fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. As um, I have brothers on here that uh, put out videos and stuff like that, I try to do everything I can to watch the entirety of those videos. And then the comment and and to read and to study and to open my Bible and to look at that and say, wow, that really strengthens me. Thank you very much. And to comment and to help encourage them. We're striving together. That's from afar. And the local body here, that's what we should be doing, coming together, striving together. In what? That I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea, and that my service which I have for Jerusalem may be accepted of the saints. What this tells me is that the striving together, what they're trying to do is to obviously go to Jerusalem and to help these saints here. But look at that, the one that says, them that do not believe in Judea. When we strive together, when we're strengthening each other, when we're edifying each other, admonishing each other, we're around lost people all day long. 
aren't we? That's why the refuge is there with the local body because we're finally together with somebody that is of the same mind. And to pray for those that aren't. That's the striving together. In fact, let's go over, if we have time, we may go, I, I might have to just do an entire study on prayer one day, but let's go over to Philippians 1. We were just over there uh, not too long ago, right? We were over in Philippians chapter 2, so turn to Philippians chapter 1. This idea of striving, Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 27 only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. The conversation here is your your walk, your lifestyle. You're living out what you're saying. That whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, and in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God." Again, it's telling me that the striving together has to do with encouraging each other. Paul says, thank you for praying for me here back in Romans 15. In your prayers to God for me, thank you. That's what I should be praying for you. Not only that you're surrendering your will to his constantly on a day-by-day basis, you're, you're praying the same for me, but then I'm also praying that as you encounter loss, that God gives you liberty and the Holy Spirit makes a way that you can have the conversation with them and take them to the word of God to give the, the truth of the gospel, the truth of the word of God to them. That's why we're striving. That's what we're doing. We're not here to establish a kingdom here. That's not what this is about. No matter what the new apostolic reformation and all these other different kinds of groups that are saying, Hey, your best life now. No, 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 no. We're to strive for the eternal not the temporal. There's no kingdom being set up. We're not, Folks, do you think we are preparing the way for the Lord to come back? No, he comes back when he wants to come back. You mean he's going to set up his own kingdom? He sure does, and he rules it with a rod of iron. I don't have anything to do with, with as far as that goes, his temporal, his earthly kingdom that he's going to set up. I'm be looking towards the eternal and everything. And I'm praying for the same for you. So brothers and sisters in Christ, look in verse number 32, that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God. There it is, the will of God. And may with you be refreshed. Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. And that is Romans chapter 15. Next week, uh, Lord willing, we'll be back in Romans to finish up in Romans chapter 16. So that's Romans 15. It's been an encouragement to me to go through the Romans 15. It's really been a big help to me in how I deal with fellow brothers, how I deal with those that are not saved, to really remember grace, constantly to remember grace. As Colossians, I think it's 4, 7, says, let your speech, no, 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 verse 6, Colossians 4, 6, let your speech be always with grace. Remembering that grace, but still seasoned. There it is. Seasoned with salt that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Here's the salt. I've mentioned it before. Here's the salt. That's what we should be giving people, the word of God. I can't give you my opinion. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ, which was in Christ Jesus. I'm going to give you the mind of Christ. Here it is. Christian, we have it. Study to show thyself approved. All right, but next week we'll be in Romans chapter 16. Okay, we have a few minutes, and I, I pray that that was a blessing to you as it's been to me. Uh, I've been I have been waiting, could not wait to get to Romans 15, but you see how Paul's summing up the entirety of the letter? It's kind of getting to that point now, right? Hey, this is what you should be telling people. This is what we're preaching to people. Obviously, they're none righteous, no, not one. They're sinners. Uh, we're to give them the gospel. This is what we're preaching. Now, church, listen. This is what's going on. Don't get wrapped up in this and that and this and that and this and that and this and that. 
That's not what we should have our eyes on. Treat each other with grace and patience because the God of patience was patient with you. Thank God for that, that he was patient with me and when I received him as my Savior, he was still patient with me. When I walked afar off, Lord, thank you. Thank you so much for being patient with me. And now I'm to live my life for him because he was patient with me. And that gives me the consolation, the God of patience and consolation. And he's telling us to treat each other the same way. But boy, do we fail at that in, in quote-unquote Christianity. How can we call ourselves Christians if we don't even have the mind of Christ? Now, if we do have the mind of Christ, how can we call ourselves Christians if we're not acting like what we're supposed to act like? So that is Romans chapter 15. Thank you for joining me tonight on all these different uh, platforms. Um, I see we have people that have joined in once in a while here on Facebook. Um, I don't see any comments or questions on Facebook, but if you do have one, if you have a comment or a question um, on Facebook, go ahead and post it here in um, the comment, and I'll, and I'll be able to see that. There's a little bit of a delay, so as I'm talking right now, it's going to be a few seconds and I'll, before I see it. So it's probably like a delay of almost 30 seconds here on Facebook. Yeah, it's about 30 seconds, but a little bit less on the live stream on YouTube. So it is open now, brothers and sisters, for questions, comments, concerns. And thank you, Lord. My recorder is still working. What do you have out there, brothers and sisters? Any comments, questions, or concerns? If not, uh, we can always wrap it up early, but usually somebody's got a question. I can go about through here. Nobody really saying anything. Oh, see uh, Brother JT here. Something came up. Hmm. Uh, okay, so something came up with him. He's going to watch later on. And my dad says, say what? I think I was asking a question about the three times, uh, Pop, the three times uh, where Paul says, I go to the Gentiles. He sa I believe he does say it three, th three times. Uh, um, and I just couldn't remember where that was at. And I know you would probably have it right at the top of your head, possibly. And then he also says, oh, Jeff L. here on YouTube says, hello, preach the word, brother. That's all we can do. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. When it's popular, when it's not popular, it does not matter. Preach the word. And my dad says, see you tomorrow night. Absolutely. Can't wait. Uh, Grandma and Pop Pop are coming to town. And then uh, my mom is actually going to stay with us a few weeks, um, being a help to us there. Greatly uh, blessed to have her coming down to be a help to us as we're starting to get ourselves prepared, transition to uh, move here the first week of April. Coming up, it's, it's really coming up quick. Uh, Jonas, uh, I hope I don't pronounce this wrong, but Spiker. Hey, brother, do you by chance still message people or allow others to? I am deep, deeply worried about if I have a true salvation or am a false convert. Well, Jonah, thank you for even asking that question. Now, I guess the question I would have for you is that if you uh, are questioning whether or not you're saved or you're a false convert, I would ask, "What? take me to the moment, take me to the moment where you called upon his name, meaning not some sort of canned prayer, not something like that, but when you do you remember a time, a moment where somebody was opening the word of God, because that's where faith cometh by. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Somebody opened up the word of God and took you through who you were. Did you recognize like the publican recognized, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner, and understood you couldn't do anything in of yourself 
and you called upon his name, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Not, maybe not in those words, but you came to the end of yourself. The Bible calls that uh, godly sorrow, which worketh repentance. You don't have to repent of every single sin you've ever committed. You couldn't even remember that if you tried. But you understood what your position was in the eyes of a righteous, holy God. And there was only one way to him. And you put your faith, complete faith and trust in that. If you can remember that time, if you can remember that moment, God is faithful and just to forgive you of your forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Now, only you can know that beyond a shadow of a doubt. Only you can. I could never, ever look on your inner man. But what God does is he looks upon the heart. So if you ever came to that, that moment, he said he was faithful and just to forgive you of those sins. But I can't give you that peace. The Holy Spirit of God that moved in, that sealed you into the day of redemption, the one that drew you to him, if he drew you and you put your faith and trust in him, plus nothing, minus nothing, that's it. He said he was willing and faithful and just. He's not slack concerning any of his promises. So I would also say that maybe did you understand and was there some sort of change in your life? I'm not saying this sort of thing where it's like, Yep, cleaned everything out of my life right then and there. My dad's testimony, would uh, he's hes on here right now when we had a chance to talk about that. It's a process over the, your entire life, constantly. But was there a change made? We're new creatures in Christ. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new, as we just talked about, new creatures. Uh, speaking of that. So, uh, that's the best I can tell you. And, um, again, as Paul says, work out your own salvation. It doesn't mean you have to work for your salvation. It just means be assured in your own mind. Be fully persuaded. And while we're talking about that, I see that you've made a comment here. Where it says here in Second um, Timothy... Second Timothy, I believe it's chapter one. In verse number 12, it says, For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. See, it's, it's on him. He was fully persuaded, and God kept him, sealed him. Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. All right, so I'm going to get back to there. So um, I, I pray thee that um, you would get that settled tonight. Uh, Thomas Martin here, by their fruits you shall know them. Yeah, well, Thomas Martin says some things there. Catholicism is the only Christianity. Well, uh, Thomas Martin, you're going to have to explain to me then um, how uh, that uh, they depend upon the word of man. And when the word of man trumps what the word of God says, then they go with that. You're going to have to explain that to me. Okay. So, Jonah Spiker, I have asked God a lot of times and constantly fall out of fellowship. Stop reading and praying at some point and fall back into sins. I'm just scared because I fail him so much and haven't done anything for him, it seems like. I haven't preached or really talked to others about Christ except a few. Well, again, it's not based upon your works, your works of righteousness. It's based upon his righteousness. So, again, Jonah, uh, take it from somebody that falls all the time that fails God on a daily basis. But I think the difference is is that if you if you know that within of yourself and you know that you're breaking that fellowship, I think that's a pretty good indicator of what you what happened in you 
But like I said, go back to the moment of salvation for you. Go back to that moment. If you can remember that time. If not, if you can't remember that time where you're just depending upon a prayer or something like that, I would encourage you, please, please, please get that worked out. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, somebody's written down here. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 7. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 7 and through 9, it says, If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then ye are bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? That's a great verse there. What it's talking about is that if you don't have the chastening of the Lord in your life, ooh, you may not be a son of God. Uh, I've talked about that before where I've been um, away from God. Um, I was living in, in sin, but the chastening of God was on my life in a big way. Some people equate chastening to like, well, this, this bad thing happened or this bad thing happened. But no, it was under constant conviction that you're not acting as a son. And I was chastened constantly never had a peace in my spirit at all uh, about any of that stuff so and again uh jonah i cannot give you that assurance only the holy spirit of god can so again get that settled but i would i would say what are you put what did you put your faith and trust in did you put it in your good works well, no, if I didn't put it in my good works, then how are good or bad works going to separate you from the love of Christ? It's not. You're sealed. But I would say that a son is going to get chastened. So, again, work that out. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I don't get into uh, debates on this channel, but if uh, Thomas... If you're still there, what I would I, what I would encourage you to do is get yourself a King James Bible. Um, you can email me if you'd like at ltmbiy and ask any kind of questions you want. Um, that's the way I handle any any of those those types of questions, and uh, I don't debate. Um, but what I will tell you is that get yourself a King James Bible and do exactly what my dad did when he came out of Catholicism. And started understanding that um, all these things were traditions of men and philosophies and different stuff like that. And when they went contrary to the word of God, well, you know, we, we'll, we'll take the word of man over the word of God. That's not, uh, that's not the way it's supposed to be. The Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. Go to the word of God. So there's nothing in there about having to take all this kind of stuff and do this and do that and do this. That is uh, works-based salvation, okay? It is in Christ alone. That's it. If you're trying to add anything to that, you're saying his blood is not sufficient, and it is. Trust me on that. Covers all. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But God commended his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And uh, Jonah, here, here's another one. Uh, if you're still on here, Romans 8 and verse uh, 16. Something else that kind of brought to my mind when uh, I guess that was Sister Busy or maybe even uh, Brother Tim said, in verse number 16 of Romans 8, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to suffer, we have to suffer, and all these kinds of things in order to receive that salvation. No, he suffered and died for us. He took our place already. That's how we suffer with him. Because he took on our sin on the cross. He's already paid the price. When he said it is finished, that was it. 
He came, he accomplished the work that he came to do, but he didn't stay dead. Three days later, he rose from the grave victorious over death, being the first fruits of the resurrection that we would have the hope. And again, okay, thank you uh, for everyone, uh, Jonah says here, for your kind words and suggestions. It's not our words, though. Go to the Word of God. Get yourself a King James Bible and open it up and just go through the book of Romans. Go back through the study that we've gone through this far through the book of Romans here on this channel. I encourage you to do that, Brother Jonah, if you are a brother. I can't claim that you're saved. I can't claim you're not saved. I, who am I to judge? I can't look on your inward man. But what I will say is that the word of God, that spirit there in verse 15, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. You haven't received that, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, <laughs> whereby we cry, Abba, Father. If you surrendered your will and put your faith and trust in him alone, now you have that Holy Spirit in you that cries the same thing that Jesus said in the garden, Abba, Father. The Spirit of Christ, the Christ in us, the hope of glory. And we're no longer under that bondage. We're free. Never again happen to fear. So if that fear is in your life, brother, go to the Word of God and have comfort in that. That if you have received that spirit of adoption, he's purchased you with his own blood. You're bought with a price. He has created in you a new creature. So I pray that you uh, take that encouragement. Go back through the book of Romans. Please, 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 please. And thank you for being honest. Thank you for being honest and, and saying you, you've struggled with that. You know, for such an important decision, things that uh, is going to matter for all of eternity, it's good that you're you're questioning that. And you're trying to understand and trying to get that settled in your heart. But if you put your faith in him, you weren't involved in that process in any way, then quite possibly you did get saved. But only you can work that out through the power of the Spirit. So cry out to him. Get in his word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So thank you, Jonah, for your honesty and asking those questions. I really do appreciate it. Okay, is there any other questions out there? And so I'm so thankful that uh, you even asked those questions tonight. I pray that people listen to this portion of this and really understand, really understand that the Holy Spirit's gnawing on you and convicting you of your need of a Savior, that it's readily available readily available he's paid the price he took your place he paid it all because remember that the wages of sin is death that's the payment if you don't have his blood applied to you you're not trusting in his righteousness if you're not clothed in his righteousness as the bible says the payment for that is death that's hell, all eternity. But the gift of God, that's the Holy Spirit, is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You can't ever lose it. He's got you. He sealed you into the day of redemption. All right, here is a question. Okay, that's an interesting question. Um, it's verse 25 of Hebrews 10. Now, I'd, I've covered mostly all, I did cover all of Hebrews before. I don't know if I talked about that or not. Let's look. All right. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. That's verse 24. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much more, the more, as ye see the day approaching. And that's a great question asking about whether that's talking about the day of Christ, the second coming. Yes. Yes, it is. But it's also talking about us now. We don't know when that day that will be caught up out of here, but we can see the it's the imminent return of Jesus Christ. So that's why they were gathering together every single day. Uh, that's another study for a different day, but uh, that was actually 
It is, it's going to have, let's put it this way, dispensationally, it applies to us now as far as we should be getting together, provoking each other into good works as far as that goes. But doctrinally, doctrinally speaking, it's really going to matter for those saints in, in the time of Jacob's trouble, those that are having to uh, depend on each other. And it's another different discussion for a different day, but uh, they'll get to see that day approaching a little bit better than we can even as far as the second coming. But the uh, being caught up out of here, obviously, we, no man knows the day or the hour. They will also not know the day or the hour, even in the time of Jacob's trouble, because he shortens those days so that somebody can survive. But that's a good question, Gable. Brother Gabriel. Okay, so he said something about his, uh, all of his questions and comments were... Uh, not showing up throughout here. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even see those down through there. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there, um, and that's why I said it's a it's a brother Gabriel. It's a different study for a different day when we have a little bit more time to talk about that. But I I do agree with you. Okay, um, uh, to a certain extent. Okay, um, it is applicable for us now, though. as far as instruction and righteousness and so forth. Maybe not doctrinally where we're dependent upon uh, doing those enduring and, uh, you know, good works and whatnot. But uh, Brother Omar says the King James Version is God's perfect book. Speaking about a DVD he just got done watching. So if you're watching that in the stream. All right. Any other questions? Any other questions? We had a, quite a few people that were coming in and out on the uh, Facebook stream, looks like, tonight. Uh, that's been, been good. And we had a good amount of people join us on Facebook, or excuse me, on YouTube as well. So, hey, uh, just like, comment, uh, share, do all that kind of stuff. Let's strive together on that. Um as much as you can. I'm not getting paid for this, but, uh, you know, if one person, if the only reason why God had me do this entire thing for this past almost year now, um, was for brother Jonah here or this, uh, this man, Jonah, if he's still here, Jonah to ask that question, it's worth it all. So, uh, yeah, brother Gabriel, hopefully next week, your account won't glitch out. Yeah, I wonder why that, why that happened. Things are weird in the internet sometimes. Okay. Well, again, I encourage you to uh, like, share, comment, do all that kind of stuff. Um, also, if you, um, I, I want to give the opportunity here on, on YouTube up at the corner here of the page, you can see all the different accounts that you can uh, link to. Um, I think the website's on there. I'm slowly starting to try to figure out what I'm going to do with that. Um, all it does is really link back to the YouTube videos, the embedded YouTube videos and, um, the, the PayPal accounts on there. And again, I don't, I don't, I'm not in need of anything. Um, but if the Lord lays something on your heart and you would like to be a help in some way, um, feel free to do there on the PayPal account, but, uh, God's good. I, I'm not in need of anything. Uh, God has provided all this equipment um, he's, he's provided every single thing and he's been so good and I uh, love you in the Lord. Thank you so much for joining me tonight on let this mind be in you. Hopefully prayerfully, and if it's God's will next Thursday night, 9 PM Eastern standard time, we'll finish up Romans in Romans chapter 16. So with that being said, walk worthy. Okay. Make sure that ambassadorship you're, you're, you're doing, uh, you're proclaiming the word of the King. Okay. Um, your works are not dependent on your salvation, but it's your reasonable service because he gave it all. He considered you. He bore your reproaches on him. So it's your reasonable service to present your bodies a living sacrifice unto the Lord. So, all right. Love you in the Lord, everybody. And I will see you next week. If not, uh, I pray that, uh, the Lord catches us out of here and we'll see each other face to face. How about that? Wouldn't that be great? So God bless you. Have a great night 
And thank you for again for joining me here on Let This Mind Be In You. God bless you.